Hi, this is Lauren from Discovery Church. Thanks for taking time to listen to this week's podcast. We hope that you find value and that is very impactful to your life today. Have a great one. Hey, what's going on, Discovery Church family? So good to see you in the room for church online. My name is Pastor Lauren, and along with my amazing wife, Pastor Sean Lee, we have the privilege of being the lead pastors of Discovery Church, the favorite community, the favorite family that we all get to be a part of. I want to take a moment and just thank you for praying for me over the past couple weeks as I've been in recovery and an operation on my neck. Thank you so much. I felt your prayers. But also we've been in a series for the past couple weeks called Summer with Friends. And today we have Pastor Jonathan Strutt from BC sharing with us. And so glad that we get to be in relationship with, with other pastors as we get to win this nation of Canada together for Jesus. Well, hello, Discovery Church. It is good to be with you in Edmonton, even though I'm in British Columbia, but it's good to be there in spirit with you guys. And you're in a summer series called The Summer with Friends. And I'm so glad for our friends, Lorna, Lauren and Shauna Lee, who are a part of our group. And so we've been able to spend lots of uh, time together and chatting together. They're part of our small group and, or we're a part of their small group one way or the other. And um, I just want to take a moment and honor Lauren and Shauna Lee because they invest in good times and they invest in tough times. And uh, there were a few months through that pandemic that we're out of now uh, that I just wanted to get on a plane and go anywhere. I, I told my church, I, I, you know, I, I just wanted to go wherever there's palm trees and don't call me until this thing is over. Um, and a lot of pastors in this pandemic quit. A lot of pastors gave up. A lot of churches closed down, but, but some held on believing that God has better days ahead for us, and he sure does. Uh, so I want to honor uh, Lorne and Shauna Lee. You guys are just fantastic people and leaders. The gifts of God are evident on your lives, clearly evident on your lives, but more than that, the character the authenticity, the humility uh, that's on your lives, the choice to keep your heart open and keep your heart soft. Um, that is so honorable. And these are things that go way beyond just gifts and talents and skills. These are things that are forged in the fire in your character. And so I just want to say to all of Discovery Church uh, how proud I am of Lauren and Shauna Lee and how proud I am that they have continued to lead and love you guys deeply, even through uh, some of the most difficult, well, the most difficult season uh, that we've ever experienced in our lifetime in a century. So uh, praise the Lord for you guys. We love you. And, and I just want to ask you all at Discovery Church to pray for your pastors. Pray for Lauren and Shauna Lee. Pray for them all the time. Every time they come to your mind, take that as a sign that the Holy Spirit wants you to pray for them and speak a blessing over them. Speak a blessing over uh, Lauren, over Shauna Lee, over their marriage, their home. Speak a blessing over their kids and speak a blessing over your own church there, over Discovery Church. Uh, every time they come to your mind, do that because uh, as you honor them, 
you will actually expand your own capacity um, as a believer and as a leader in God's kingdom. So, so yeah, we honor you guys, and it is a delight. It's a treat. I, I said when when Lord asked me if I would share a word with you guys, I said absolutely. I'd love to, and. Um, I'm just excited about what God is doing through you guys in Edmonton as he's working here with us. Uh, my name is Johnny Strutt, and, and we're here, my wife and I, uh, pastor a church here in Kamloops, British Columbia called Motion Church. And so we're excited because God's moving here in motion too. So here in BC, uh, we emerged from the pandemic, uh, all the restrictions and everything, just I think about four days after you guys did. You were July the 1st, and we were July the 5th, and so... Um, it's just nice to be done with it. Um, can I get a good amen? Somebody, you know, it is just so nice to go places and see people smiling again. It's just awesome. Um, but you know, one of the things about coming out of this lockdown is that, um, is that, is that life never hits a pause button. It's not like a movie where you can go do something, come back, hit play again, and you start exactly where you left off. Things changed during the pandemic. Things changed. And God was moving during the pandemic. Can I just tell you this? God was never sitting on the couch collecting a Serb check, okay? God was never on the unemployment line. He's been working the entire time. He never stops working. I love that song uh, that we sing, Waymaker. You never stop working. Come on, that's our God. He never stops working. He's always working. And he's always developing something in us. And so I think, you know, for us... Um, as we were coming out of this pandemic, I'm asking myself, God, what is it that you were doing, not in the world, not in the city, not even in the church? What were you doing in my heart? What were you developing inside of me? And one of the things that I've prayed um, all through my life, I used to pray this with my kids when they were little at nighttime, but I would pray, God, help me to be a good husband. Help me to be a good father. Help me to be a good friend and help me to be a good pastor. And, uh, and so I, I want to ask you that question, you know, since we're in this series called Summer with Friends, I want to ask you if you would ask God, God, how is it that you're developing me to be a better friend? And I want to talk about what God does in our lives and how we come out of this period of isolation that we've just come out of. And because, because God is doing things inside of us and he has developed things inside of you during this period that now you're going to have to discover some of the things that he deposited, some of the brand new things that he's calling you to in this brand new season. You know, I've watched some people go through this pandemic and do well, and others did not do well. But you know what? I love the scriptures because the scriptures give us examples of some people that did well and some people that didn't do well in, in their testing, in their times of, in the wilderness or in their times of isolation or in their times of challenge. And uh, the greatest model that we have, of course, is Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that when he went into his period of isolation in the wilderness, it says he went in full of the Holy Spirit. And it says when he came out, he came out filled with the Holy Spirit. He was in the power of the Holy Spirit on both ways, going in and coming out. And I want to tell you that, that you are coming out of this 
in the power of the Holy Spirit. He has empowered you with something fresh for this brand new season. You may say, well, Johnny, I just don't feel like that at all right now. Well, guess what? You're about to discover the things that God has already placed inside of you in the middle of this season. He was doing the work in you and in your heart, in your spirit, your soul, while you weren't even aware of it. So I'm excited to see what God is going to do in this new season. He's activating things in you. Um, and, there's, and there's no question that God has done brand new things in your life. In fact, when you became a believer, you became a new creation. And so it should be easy for you to understand that God is doing something new in your life, something that's different, something that's brand new, something that you've never seen before, because that's exactly what he did when you became a believer. When you came to faith in Jesus Christ, you became a new creation. The Bible says old things pass away and all things become new. And so God did something brand new in you. In fact, you're going to spend the rest of your life discovering those things that God did inside of you. Come on, Discovery Church. You're on a journey of discovery. And so I know even in that, in that reality that God did something already, uh, there's a tension because when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, you become that new creation. But at the same time, you're like, okay, but God is still developing things in me. So if it's already done, if he already did it, then why is it that there's still work that needs to get done inside of me? And that's because we're going to spend the rest of our life discovering that work that he already did inside of us. It's so massive. It's so profound. It is so unique. And it's so different. It's, it's a paradigm shift of the, of the greatest dimensions, what God did in you the moment you came to faith in Jesus Christ. And you'll spend the rest of your life discovering that. So I love the name of your church. I feel like that's a great reality for us to live in. Always discovering what God has done. When you were born again, you became a new creation. And listen to me, you new creation. God's doing something brand new in this season for you too. In Jesus' name. You know, the challenge is now to discovering what God has deposited and birthed in me and living according to that new reality. It's, it's really the challenge is now, if I can say it this way, you need to become the real you. Become the you that God has created you to be, that God has called you to be, that he has destined for you to be in this season right now in 2021. And so God created you. The Bible says that you were created in the image of God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 21 says, verse 26 says that. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky. Come on, how many fishermen do I have? How many hunters do I have in the house? Over the livestock, all the wild animals, all that Alberta beef, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So, verse 27, so God created man, mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28 says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply or increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. Now listen to me. If you've ever experienced a level of spiritual pushback, and let me describe to you what I'm talking about here. Uh, this verse, these verses that we just read, they, they explain to you why you have experienced some spiritual pushback in your life. And sometimes spiritual pushback, I'll, I'll explain what I mean here. It's, it's, sometimes it's like things just seem, this seems to be a lot harder than it should be right now. There's something unusual about this. Why does this seem like it's so hard right now? Or maybe it's clearly dark powers that are fighting against you and you're fully aware of it. Or perhaps it's just this feeling. Or maybe it's something so obvious that everyone else around you recognizes it too. 
We know, we know that God is real, but so is the devil. Those dark powers are real. And, and, and there exists both angels and demons. And those demon powers of hell, they are actively trying to prevent you from experiencing God. So they do their very best to keep you from walking in that calling and that destiny that God has put on your life. From the freedom that Christ brings. From, from you discovering what your purpose is on the planet earth. From to, they're working to prevent you from making a difference in anybody else's life so that maybe they, they can contain what God did in your life to just you and, and it's not going to help anybody else get set free. And, and they're certainly trying to keep you from using your God-given gifts and talents and ability in the world around you, in your community, in Edmonton, in the lives of the people around you at workplace or at home. And so if you've ever experienced that kind of pushback, like I stepped out to do something for God and it just seems way harder than it should be, or suddenly this thing comes back against me, if you've ever experienced, then you realize how much the powers of hell actually hate you. They hate you. Why do they hate you so much? Well, that passage that we read tells you why they hate you. They hate you because you look like God. You were made in God's image. And because the devil hates God, he looks at you and you look like God, so he doesn't like you either. And so he fights hard against you. You were made in God's image, and you carry God's image everywhere you go. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 4 says this, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, that they might not see the light of the glory of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. And so one of the devil's primary tactics is to blind people to the fact that they were made in God's image. They won't see God's image. They won't understand who God is. And so they won't recognize that they were made in God's image. And so he'll do that. He'll blind their minds. He'll blind them to that. Colossians uh, chapter 1 verse 25 says this, God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. The message which was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you too, are for you Gentiles too, not just for the Jews, but for everyone. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. Christ lives inside of you. You carry the spirit of Christ inside of you right now. This gives you the assurance of sharing in his glory. So if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, then he lives inside. His glory lives inside of you right now. He's alive inside of you. You actually share his glory, this passage of scripture says. And without the revelation of the spirit, this sounds absolutely preposterous. You think, how can I share in the glory of Jesus Christ, Johnny? He's the one that died on the cross, not me. He's the one that lived a sinless life, not me. He's the one that rose again, not me. He's the one that, 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 he's the one that conquered all of hell, not me. But, listen to me, in those same passages of Scripture that tell you all those things, they also tell you He generously gave us access to heaven's power and heaven's authority and heaven's anointing, and He deposited the Holy Spirit inside of you. He determined, He decided, He desires to share His glory with you. And, and in fact, he's so committed to that that he actually puts his spirit inside of you. And, and in Ephesians, it says that it's a deposit guaranteeing the inheritance that God has for you. Isn't that amazing? You look like God. 
He's so committed to you that he's not just saying, well, I'm, I'll make you like one of those bad photocopies of a photocopy. No, he's saying, I'm going to share my glory with you. I'm going to make you look like me, and then I'm going to let you shine like me too with all of the glory that goes along with it. Isn't that amazing? What a deposit. What a gift that God has given to us. He made you in his image. God designed you to look like him. He made you to look like, come on, you're so good looking, you have no idea. You are an image bearer of God, and he designed you to act on his behalf. He designed you to speak like him. In fact, God, God spoke all this world into existence, and then on day seven, he created us, and then he said, okay, I'm going to rest now. Now I want you to speak on my behalf. And he gave us the power to speak on his behalf, to speak words of authority, to, to call things that are not as though they were. He, he told us that the, he put the power of life and death right into our tongues, just like it was in his tongue. Come on. God created you in his image. He authorizes you. He empowers you. And he is moving you towards your future. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says this, but you are a chosen people. Come on, wherever you are, maybe you're sitting on the couch, just say, he chose me. God chose me. But doesn't that make you feel good? God chose me. He's like, I pick you. That is so awesome. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession to proclaim the virtues of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, he has made you royalty. He made you in his image. He made you royalty. His royal blood now flows in your veins. Come on, somebody. What a great, great gift God's given to us. And then he gives us the privilege of not only making us in his image, but that we begin to discover how we can become just like Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, listen to this, this is going to blow your mind, are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. Come on, you're being transformed into his image, exactly how you were created to be. God made you, he put his image inside of you, and it's like he's just chipping away at the outside until you look exactly like Jesus. What a gift. Come on, just like, a, just like a, a sculpture would take a piece of rock and they can see and the, they look at, at just a, a, a big round piece of rock. They can see something inside of it and they chip away until it emerges. And there is that, that image that they were looking at. That's you. You were created in God's image and he's just chipping away and helping you see a little bit more of how you were made in his image. And so you're becoming who you really are. You know, there's an old fable about an eagle and a chicken. The eagle is behaving like a chicken. And instead of flying, like an eagle was designed to fly, he's pecking around in the dirt just like a chicken would. And I think sometimes that's the way we look at, at ourselves. We say, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't fly. There's no way. I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I don't even deserve to do that. Do you know all the stuff I've done in my life, Johnny? I shouldn't even. I shouldn't even. And here we are pecking around in the ground like chickens when, when you were an eagle and you were meant to fly. Come on, somebody, spread those wings out and let the wind of the Holy Ghost lift you up and let you soar. Come on, this is going to be a great season for you in your life. You know, I, I was thinking about 
finding an example in the scripture of somebody, a historical Bible character who, uh, who needed to discover who they were in Christ, to discover God's image in them. And, 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 I, and I thought of the story of Jacob. The story of Jacob wrestling with God is found in Genesis chapter 32, and you could turn there and read it, or you can do that for homework this week, or uh, I think Pastor Lauren might have some follow-up questions for you at the end of this message too, but Jacob's name um, originally translated means supplanter. So in other words, it's going to supplant some things. It's going to take over some things, some things that should have been there, but it's going to uproot those things and, and replace them with something else. And, and so a loose definition of supplanter on the negative side can also be deceiver. And so sometimes you would see that name Jacob translated as deceiver. Technically, the most, the most accurate description is supplanter, but because we don't use that word very often, people naturally gravitate towards that word deceiver, but deceiver is the negative side of it. Anyways, Jacob lived up to the negative side of his name. And, and here he is, uh, Jacob's brother Esau, I mean, he, he messed up too, and he sold his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of soup. The birthright was who God made him to be. Think about this for a moment. I, I don't know if you know much about the history in the Old Testament, but they often talk about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And really, originally, it should have been Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. But because Esau sold his birthright to Jacob, then forever, forever, for the rest of the scripture and forever, it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Jacob, um, you know, Jacob wanted that birthright from Esau, but he wanted it for all the wrong reasons, not for the right reasons. And so he used underhanded tactics and tricks to get it. He did manage to succeed in getting that birthright from Esau, who sold it to him for a bowl of soup, honestly. And so Jacob knew the elementary value of God's blessing in his life. He knew a little bit about it because he had the inheritance, he had the money, he had the favor. Uh, and, and, and some of you know that already. You've, di- you've experienced some of God's blessings, some of the elementary blessings of God in your life. Like there's a, you know, God's blessed you in certain ways. Maybe it's monetary, financially. Maybe it's with popularity. Maybe it's with good looks. And you're like, man, I'm just thankful that I got this really awesome metabolism and I hardly have to work out to keep chiseled like this. Well, whatever it is, maybe you've understood the elementary value or blessings of God. But listen, Jacob could have lived his whole life with those blessings and never really knowing the one who gave those blessings to him. And God didn't want that to happen. So God met him one night. And that's the story there in Genesis chapter 32 of, of Jacob wrestling with God. And one night he's alone and someone meets him at the river and he wrestles, wrestles all night and realizes this isn't just a man. He realizes this is a heavenly being. And so he asks for a blessing. I mean, he already has the birthright blessings. He's already got the trophy wife. He's already got the favor with agriculture, with livestock reading. But he knows that there's still something missing. He's got everything in life that he could dream of, but there's still something missing. He's missing what he was created to be. He was miss, he's missing that image of God that he was meant to fulfill. He doesn't know it yet, but he just knows there's more. And so he asks and he begs. He's like, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. And it says that the angel blesses him, but it's not with property or wealth or power or livestock. The angel actually blesses him with something that you're going to think, it may not sound like a blessing at first, but it says he blessed him with identity. He actually changes his understanding of who he is. 
of who Jacob was. And, and he began to see himself properly. He said, your name means, means supplanter, but you always leaned into the negative definition of that. You always leaned into that deceiver. And so if I'm going to get ahead, I'm going to have to deceive people to get what I want and get what I need and get ahead. And you spent your whole life fighting for what you wanted, fighting for what you couldn't have, fighting for what belonged to you and what didn't belong to you. And that's not what God meant for you. So I'm going to change your name. I'm going to change your name to Israel. You know what Israel means? Israel means God fights. You've been fighting your whole life. Now this is what I want you to do. I want you to stop fighting. And I want you to let God do the fighting for you. Identify yourself with him. Let him be the one who fights the battles for you. Let him be the one that fixes things for you. Let him be the one that makes a way for you. Let him be the one that opens doors for you. Quit fighting to do all this on your own. Find your identity in God. Let him do those things for you. Stop fighting for all the things that are going to make you happy. Listen to me, Discovery Church. Stop fighting for all those things that you think are going to make you happy and give your life meaning and satisfy the emptiness. Instead, put your life in God's hands. Trust your life to God. Give it to him. Make God the king of your life. Not just the king of heaven, the king of the universe, king of kings. Well, make him the king of your heart, of your life. Let him be the one that calls the shots. Come on, some of you, you've, you've committed your life to Jesus. You've accepted his forgiveness and freedom, and yet you're the, still the one calling the shots. Can I, can I just suggest to you today? Let your identity be found in him and let him call the shots. He's the best friend you're ever going to have. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, sticks closer than your own family. Come on, you want to spend a summer with friends? Spend a summer with Jesus. Spend a summer deepening your friendship with God. You say, I, Johnny, I don't even know how to do that. You know, there's some, I, and, and would God ever want to be my friend anyways? You know, we're talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the Bible says Abraham was called a friend of God. And it's not that Abraham said that about himself. God said that about Abraham. He said, Abraham's my friend. He identified Abraham as his friend. Maybe you're thinking, well, I'm just not nearly. I mean, Abraham was a holy man. I'm not holy. Do you know my life, Johnny? How could I ever be called a friend of God? Can I, can I tell you something? Do you know what one of the most famous nicknames for Jesus was? The friend of sinners. Because he welcomes everybody. He welcomes you. He looks at you and says, hey, do you, do you fit in that category? I want to be friends with you. I want you to be my friend. And I was thinking, a summer of friends, come on, let, let your friendship with Jesus this summer go so deep. Let him show you who you are. Find your identity in him. You were made in the image of God. As you discover more and more about who you are, your friendship with God is going to get deeper and deeper. And, and can I just say, maybe you're wondering, well, how in the world do I do that? How do I know more about God? Well, I'll I tell you what, God, if, if you get to know him, the one who created you, then you'll get to know who you're meant to be. You'll get to know who he created you to be because you were made in his image. You know, there's, I know there's some people that, that, that think, well, I, I just don't know if I could ever do that. And, and if you give me a minute here in closing, I just want to dismantle three arguments. Three arguments of why might, might be going on in your brain right now that say, I just could never do that. 
I could never do that. And the first argument is this. Well, I'm just afraid that I'm going to look like a hypocrite. People that, that know me the best are just going to accuse me of being fake. Well, we know the real Johnny. And who is this Johnny that now showed up? I mean, that's not the real you. But what if it, what if who you've been for the last five years, 10 years, 15 years, what if that was the fake you and the real you is who God created? That's the one that needs to emerge right now. And that's the truth. Let the you that God created emerge now. Let the real you emerge now. <sighs> Second argument that people think is, well, what if I can't, what if I can't keep, it, keep it up? If I, if I try this, but I just, it, it's not working. What, what if it doesn't last? What if I can't do it? Can I, can I ask you a question in response to that one? How will you know if you don't give it a chance? How will you know if you don't give God a chance to make that change in your life, to make you brand new? How will you know? You know, in the words of perhaps the most famous Edmontonian ever, Wayne Gretzky, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Give him a shot. Give God a chance. Give him a chance to do what he said he wanted to do in your life. To create you in his image. What have you got to lose? It's not complicated. You just deepen your relationship with God. Deepen your friendship with God. His Holy Spirit will look after everything else. And you know the last argument that people often will say to me is I just don't deserve it. I had somebody last just three days ago um, come to me and, and they said I, I'd like to ask for prayer but I, I'm not sure I deserve to even have my prayer answered. And uh, struggling with cancer, been diagnosed with leukemia and just don't even know if they even deserve because of all of the mistakes that they've made in their life. I don't even deserve to ask God for healing. <laughs> can, I, can I say this to you? First of all, none of us have earned it and none of us deserve it. But Jesus died for you. And I want to tell you this, that the value of anything is determined by the price that someone is willing to pay for it. The value of a sheet of plywood is, has been determined by the price that people are willing to pay for it. Come on, all the construction workers in the house right now, you know what I'm talking about. It's over $100 here in Camus for a sheet of plywood. Why? Because people are willing to pay for it and there's a shortage of it on the market. So supply and demand and the price skyrockets. Can I, can I say this to you? The price that Jesus paid for you to know who you are and for you to accept God's love into your life, to become a part of his family, that price was so invaluable. He gave his life. He died on the cross. He was crucified. What? How valuable is that? That tells you how valuable you are. He did that for you. And he's loved you. There's never been a single moment in your life when he hasn't loved you, been right there with you, even when you were making those mistakes. He was loving you and he was right there with you. Huh. Just get closer to the one who created you. And I'm gonna invite you to take a step of faith towards him today. If you've never done this before, 
I want to challenge you today. Let today be the day that you take a step of faith towards Jesus. It's not the whole story. It's not the end of the story. It's just one step towards Jesus. Give him a chance and see what he does with your life. How will you know if you don't? He's, he'll be the best friend you'll ever have in life. Like I said, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Get to know him better and just see what Jesus will do. See what God will do through your life. And so I want to pray for you. I want to pray this prayer from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. There's this prayer in the scripture. In fact, let me read it to you first and then I'm going to pray it over you, okay? It says this, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Come on, what a great prayer for you and me. So let me pray that for you, okay? In closing today, God, I pray that we would know Jesus better. I'm asking you that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened, that we would see you more clearly, that we would, that we would see Jesus more clearly. God, let us know hope. Let it help us to know our inheritance, how rich and glorious the inheritance is that you have for us. Help us to know the power, that great, mighty, incomparable power, how great it is, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. God, help us to know that power and to live in that power and to walk in that power. God, help us, Lord, that all of those things that you've blessed us with, the same power that, 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 that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, Lord, and I pray, God, that, that you would express that power and authority right now through your church, through Discovery Church, and every single member of Discovery Church that's listening right now. God, I thank you for that. Lord, because I put my faith in you, and I'm a part of your family, I'm a part of your church, I thank you that, Jesus, you are head over the church, and that means you're head over me, because I'm a part of your family, and I'm a part of your body. Thank you that you're filling me, you're filling your church in every way, and God, I thank you that you're empowering us for the next season ahead. So, Father, I pray this. Lord, let our friendship deepen so deep with you. And so, God, as we step into the next season this fall, Lord, that we would see your mighty hand unfolding all those things that you've deposited inside of us for this season, for this time, for such a time as this. We love you. We bless you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. It is, it is a thrill to share uh, God's word with you today and Discovery Church. I look forward to meeting you in person one day. We love you. We love you. I know I, I just want to speak on behalf of Lauren and Shauna Lee again. We love you guys, Lauren and Shauna Lee. And, and we also pray uh, that God will, God will unfold your hearts with great love for your city of Edmonton. God bless you and we'll see you soon. Thanks, Pastor Jonathan, for inspiring 
challenging and encouraging our hearts today. If you're watching and you've made a decision to give your life to Christ, can I encourage you? Can you do something for me? Would you click the button in the comment section that says, I gave my life to Christ or I committed my life to Christ and let our team pray for you and reach out to you and get to know your name, send you a Bible. We say that you have to be a Christian for yourself. You cannot be a Christian by yourself. We are better together. We're in this together. Don't keep the best decision that you've ever made to yourself. Let us know. Discovery Church, we love being your pastors. And until next week, we're praying for you. We love you. And live like Jesus would. Have an amazing day.